ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Mr. and Mrs., cats and dogs, all you people listening out there. Uh, we're back with another episode. We got myself, Swagner, co-hosting, of course, TC3. Yeah. Uh, we're going to see where this podcast goes. We got a lot of different <laughs> ways that it could probably go. And I think you guys are going to like it. So uh, this is the Pipe It Up podcast. Cue the intro. Like that was a wonderful intro. You got me excited. I was stressed out about this episode, trying to fill the time here and make the people laugh and smile for 45 minutes. But that got me excited. Tom is, he's pretty good at the intros. I don't think we give him enough credit. I'm, I'm kind of shaking after that one. I was a little bit nervous, oh, but that uh, was phenomenal. I was just telling Jack when we hopped on zoom five minutes ago that I'll be honest, guys, I got to keep it real with you. Keep it a hundred. I was uh, editing last week's episode and you know, we edit it right after we record, right? So within a half hour or so, me and Jack are both editing. We usually split it up 50, 50 ish. And I was texting Jack like, man, this was a beyond subpar performance by me. I felt like the interview was fantastic and Jack did a great job taking control and asking the questions to Kyle because it made more sense coming from Jack, right? Because I already kind of knew what was happening internally. But God, every time I spoke, it was just gibberish. I swear I was talking <laughs> way too fast. I think I was dehydrated. I totally am right now too. I can feel my lips smacking, but I'm going to try to be a little bit more articulative of my words today and do a better job of that. But I struggled with that my whole life, as you guys have probably seen in the YouTube intros over the years. And I, uh, I'm, I'm trying. I promise you, I'm trying. You know, when your when your job or or part of your job or your task is literally talking uh, and just having other people listen to you, when mm -hmm. you're editing yourself, uh, you you notice every little error here and there. So I I learned that really quickly when I started to learn how to edit these these podcasts that uh sometimes it's tough listening to yourself and you're pretty critical on yourself, you know, I am as well. So I think you should, you know, give yourself a little bit of grace, Tom. We do this every week, put out the best product we can and yeah, best sometimes sometimes you know, you can't have your A game every day, you know? Sometimes it's just like B plus that'll get the job done. Yeah, but hey, man, just like any team sport, you're only as good as your worst guy, I feel like. And I got to... If, the, the, if it, you were the worst guy that day, I'll take it because I think <laughs> it was a pretty successful pod last week. But It was a good pod. I think you guys enjoyed it. The uh, clips performed pretty well on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube. Um, I will say, Jack, you're talking about how editing and listening to yourself like exposes you when it comes to uh, like your speech. Yeah. The clips really does it because... You know, when I turn on the auto captions and start editing the auto captions and splitting up the clips, every like is caught, every um is caught, every you know is caught. All those filler words are exposed by the auto captioning process when I make those clips for Instagram and TikTok and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I can't even I can't imagine doing the clips. I, I can when I go back and edit, I, I not so much with you as much, but when I'm listening to myself, I can kind of tell when I I'm just talking and I don't even know where the thought came from. You know what I'm saying? Or like, like Michael Scott. Yeah. Like I'm kind of just like talking to talk or, mm -hmm. and I'm not necessarily like formulating a very solid idea. So I mm -hmm. apologize sometimes because when you, when you do this every week, sometimes you think you're getting pretty good and you're actually not. Exactly. Uh, That's how I felt so, last week for sure yeah. about my performance. But um, let's move on from this, this topic. Just know that we're working on getting better guys constantly. And I actually wanted to share a really 
wholesome story with you guys to kick this episode off officially. And it was unique, something that I hadn't seen before. I mean, I've seen a lot of nice messages and a lot of cool things from the MLW community and from the MLW fan base over the years. But this morning, I uh, got back from the gym, opened up my laptop, and got to work. And there was an email in our MLW inbox. And it was from, I believe, a, a mother who has a son, um, it sounds like in his teenage years. He is actually becoming an Eagle Scout or in that process. And for his, I don't, I've never been a Boy Scout, guys. I wish we had Brendan Schultz sitting next to me right now because Brendan Schultz is an Eagle Scout, which is so impressive. And I'm sure people out there listening probably are too. And if you are, congrats. But this particular kid um, is currently doing, or I think almost done with his Eagle project. And that was, he decided to build and organize and manage a wiffle ball field with a local park in his area, wherever his hometown is. I forget off the top of my head. But it was so cool, I thought, just to see that, that we inspired this kid to make a difference in his community, and that's the direction he wanted to take his Eagle Project, and his mom included photos, and I believe this kid's name was Sawyer. So if you're listening to this, Sawyer, um, I, haven't wrote, I haven't written you a formal thank you yet, but thank you from all of us. I think that's so cool that you did that. That's so cool. <laughs> that's awesome. That's got to be like, that. that is way cooler. I wasn't an Eagle Scout or Boy Scout either, but... Um, that's got to be one of the coolest projects, whether it's like school or some sort of organization related that I've I've heard of. That w- that's certainly cooler than anything I did as a youngster. It's fun, that's for sure. It sounds yeah. fun building the field. Like I said, there was pictures included, and he had it looked like he had organized some like kickoff events to open up the field, and there was pickup games going on and that kind of thing. So, and the field was well made. So it's just cool to see little things like that. Um, just to see the impact that MLW has, and it helps you remember and reflect and become kind of unjaded to the impact that it's had. I know I always look at it from, I guess, a pessimistic standpoint or always trying to level up and one-up, and I still think of us, I say it time and time again, probably every three weeks in this podcast, I talk about how we are a smaller group of creators. You know, our platform is still fairly small, but when you see stuff like that and the impact you can have on just a single person's life, I think that's what's cool because we have impacted a lot of people and when you take a deeper look at each and every individual who follows us and who has been inspired by us, that's when it gets cool, right? When you don't focus on the large numbers and you really focus on your biggest fans, that's what's special, I think. Yeah, and we, we've we talked about it before, but a lot of it comes up when we host tournaments and things like that and we get a little bit more, you know, we get a little bit closer interaction with some of the fans, repeat fans, things like that, where... Warda in the in the video that Kyle came out with last one of one of the clips is basically him just being like, yeah, I say it all the time, but this is like surreal, mm-hmm. like because just being able to meet you guys, interact with you guys, hear your stories, hear how much, you know, you enjoy our content. That's really what what drives us to continue going above and beyond. Right. Continuing to advance, not staying complacent, like just trying to but put the best product out there as we can. So we Mm -hmm. do encourage you guys to approach us with those stories or kind of like your inspirations, uh, whether that's, you know, through email or like at one of our tournaments or whatever, like we just always encourage you guys to share that stuff because that's what's, that's what makes it, like you said, Tommy, that that's, what's really cool. And that's when you look back and reflect, it's, Mm -hmm. it's pretty incredible how many, um, you know, I just think about like myself as, a young 
you know, athlete and the, the programs I watched, the athletes that I watched and looked up to and tried to emulate and, um, you know, even other successful people and like what they were, what they were doing and trying to mimic, you know, their practices. And, uh, I think it's just really cool that we get to do that for, you know, the younger crowd out there. So just don't be afraid to, you know, share what you guys are doing and, uh, how MLW may or may not have impacted that. Yeah. What I'm excited for Jack, now that I think about it is I'm excited to see some of them already have, but I'm excited to see our fan base continue to grow up. I think that's, that's special to see a kid who you inspired when he was younger and seeing what pieces of that inspiration or how you can make an impact in their long-term success right now, just with them starting a wiffle ball league or building a field, but even beyond that into adulthood and that kind of thing, I think is pretty cool. Cause it's always different when it's from an adult's perspective, I think. Um, and I've met plenty of parents too, who it seems like we've had some sort of impact on. That's always pretty special. Well, absolutely. And I mean, you know, the hearing positive feedback from the kids is obviously great and you want to put a good product out there for them. But when you are further validated by an adult who is comfortable with their child, like being exposed to that type of stuff and even like encouraging it because they also think it's very cool. Yeah, I agree. That's that's even in another tier of like compliment almost. What about you, Tom? You got any any projects like that in your day other than, you know, the the one that you're currently working on building a <laughs> wiffle ball empire still? Um, like this Eagle project. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, we talked about it in school. I did some things like my senior project. This is so random if you guys even care about this. But my senior project when I was an engineer was to it's kind of, it's kind of cool. We had to help a local farmer a beekeeper actually Um, he was very very old and getting older and older of course and he was looking for a solution for lifting these like uh boxes we'll call it we'll call them pallets but yeah basically boxes of bees and um so we kind of developed a system that was like a mechanical boom arm that would actually lower and grab these boxes and then lift and move the bee bee boxes along the length of the boom arm so that was random but it was kind of cool and it was cool to see the videos of it in action actually afterwards because of where i was at um like with my graduating timeline and with covid on, like we would have actually been on site doing this kind of stuff but it was more so like we developed it on campus and then had to ship it which was a bummer but we saw some videos which was cool very cool what about right you on. mr d1 athlete um I did a lot. Of, <laughs> I, <laughs> I had a lot of projects. Um, yeah, you know, I don't know if I had any projects in college that were was something that was tangible that mm-hmm. uh, would be able to use like a, a mechanism that would lift bee boxes, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But um, I I just always remember doing like, do you, you remember any of your science projects like in oh, grade yeah. school? Oh, yeah. Science fair at Horning Elementary. Yeah, Are you science me? fair. So For sure. <laughs> this, is, this is like the opposite. So like that beekeeping or, you know, that, that mechanism, that sounds cool to me. That sounds like something you were probably pretty proud of at the mm-hmm. end of it. So I have a story on a flips on the flip side, basically. So <laughs> <laughs> I think this is like maybe... I don't know, second grade, third grade. 
and uh we i'm pretty sure you like had to do the science project or a science fair or maybe it was I, I like think, i think you're right when you were younger you were forced into yeah. it and once you got to like a certain grade level you were not required to do the science fair anymore right right some of you guys would remember he's not really involved in the league anymore but cameron beaton um oh, yeah. he he played for the magic and uh and wands up and um <laughs> him and i we worked on this science project together for the science fair. <laughs> like basically, you know, those like trifold, like poster boards yeah. that you would, you would set up at the science fair. So for sure. I know <laughs> I can picture this perfectly, Jack. I was there, but yeah. So our project basically consisted of just one trifold that had probably, I don't know, nine cutout printed pictures of like large, tidal waves and like tsunamis and that was our project was like on tsunamis and that was basically cool. that no it was not cool that was <laughs> that was that was all it was it was just a poster course but like we you know now that i'm thinking about it i think it was like we, you got extra credit like just for submitting something okay so basically it was like an excuse to have cameron come over so we could like play mini hoop in my basement right like with the basketball or whatever which happened to be like by the printer so we were just like obsessed with you know printing off all these pictures and using the printer but really we're just playing basketball playing mini hoop down there the whole time the joke in my family is um that because i believe my older sister and myself and my younger sister all have some science fair trophies to our name jack from horning Mm. first some first place trophies i think i have one or two actually yeah. And we always joke about that Denise Coughlin is the most decorated Horning Science Fair uh, participant of all time, which is my mom, because like she was so into helping us out doing that and like making them way better than any second or third grade kid could ever do. Yeah, I mean, so I've like made that joke before and got a good kick from the whole family. But I will say, though, you said something you would throw away. Um when I was moving out, Jack, last week, I threw away like every trophy I had as a child, including the science fair ones, but, like all my youth baseball really? trophies, canned them all. What are you going to do with them? Like, are you a guy who saves sentimental things like that? Certain things I will, yeah. but certain no. things like, I'm like baseball trophies. Like, what am I going to do with these, man? Yeah, I think you, you're right. You kind of get to an age where it's what are you going to hang up your fourth place or, you know, your, okay, your fourth we're grade first. medal? Come on now. Yeah, first place, obviously, but yeah. no, like your fourth grade medal or something on bedside table or lamp yeah. or something. It's like, what are you going to do with <laughs> it? I agree, but there's a, there's a few things that I would keep. I, I honestly don't know if I... Ha- I'm sure my mom's got a bin somewhere, you know, stashed away. I didn't even got- know I still had those, to be honest. I found them yeah. in, they were in two different boxes. I had a lot of hardware. I did, I did yeah. keep one thing. Well, first of all, I kept the wiffle ball trophies that I have just because... Naturally. They could be... Yeah, naturally. Shouldn't need to explain that too much. Yeah. I got one thing um, that I thought was worth keeping. In what year is the spelling bee in school? Is it fourth grade, third grade, fifth grade? I think it's a fifth grade spelling bee, isn't it? I think it's fifth grade. Anyway, in fifth grade, there's the spelling bee where like you have to do it within your class. And if you win your class, you go on to the school-wide one. If you win your school, you go on to the district spelling bee. Well, me being the smart young kid that I was, I went to the district spelling bee and I got third place. And I wanted to win. I kind of choked, to be honest. I could, the word I spelt wrong was mechanical, which is funny because I was a mechanical engineer in college. Wow. But um, spelled that wrong, and I got third. And I actually got a custom engraved 
dictionary with my name in it, which I think is sick. So I kept that. <laughs> wow. Like a Webster's? It's a Webster's. Yeah, I have. I could show it to you guys if you want to see it, but we might need to, to get from this couch. You want me to go grab it? No, you don't need to grab it right now. <laughs> that might that might need to be a uh, like little a story Instagram. Post. Yeah, a little story post there. I That's still pretty got cool. It. Still got it to this day. It's a full blown Webster's dictionary, and on the inside cover, it's got like this little gold plate engraved, and it's like fifth grade spelling bee, Brighton School District, Tommy Codlin, third place. <laughs> That's a pretty cool little gift. So that was like one of the only things I kept, to be honest. I don't think I kept anything else. I didn't want anything like that special in terms of state championships or anything like that. So I kept the spelling bee trophy and that was about it. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Okay, let's take a hard right turn here, guys. Let's talk about the new MLW trading cards that we launched uh, with Patley Cards. This is our second launch with them. And this one was a totally different style launch than the first one. So last year, we came out and debuted the first flagship set of MLW trading cards, which included like over 100 cards in the set as a whole, where you could, you know, you bought packs of eight cards and you'd get a certain amount of cards from the base set and then one insert and that kind of thing. And those did excellent. We were so, so, so happy with the feedback on those. They were a great item to sell and have kids trade at the tournaments. That created a whole new vibe at the tournaments, Jack. Were you at? You weren't at Wiffle in the Mitten last year, were you? No, I have not been a part of a uh, trading card tournament. It's pretty special. Um, so, of course, we wanted to follow that up, and we already have the next upcoming year's set in the works that will launch closer to opening day. But Patley wanted to launch a little exclusive limited mini set before we did that, too. It's incredible. The quality improvements from last year's cards to this year's trading cards, and that's not just this limited set, but also the upcoming flagship set, it's the wrapper is like way before we had a paper wrapper that still looked great, but it was difficult to get off a little bit. And now we have more of the foil wrapper um, that Patley added and you open it up more like a traditional pack of trading cards. If you know what I'm saying, Jack, were you a, were you yeah. a card collector as a kid? You know, I was, um, I can't say that I did a great job of like preserving them or I don't think I ever had any that were like super valuable. It was mm-hmm. more just like, you know, I, I just like the idea of like collecting cards and like my favorite mm-hmm. players, but I know it's like, you know, ever since COVID happened, it, the trading card market is just booming. Like it's just like on an, on a completely, it's like reinvented basically. So I know it's a huge thing to get into. And if you're young, it's like great time to start. Yeah. That's why, um, Pat Lee has been a good partner because um, he's super into trading cards and it's something that we know we can't allocate that much time towards. It's nice to have him. And like I said, that was our one thing we wanted to really improve on moving into this year's new cards was the wrapper and the card wrapper is totally legit. Now it looks incredible. Even the card quality themselves are better. You guys should take a look at the Instagram post to see what the set looks like and to give you some more details on what this limited set actually is. So we only had 250 packs made. That's a much, much smaller number than what was there previously. And in each pack, you're actually getting the entire base set. So last year's base set, I think, was 45 cards. Like I said, you only got six of those cards in each pack. So in order to get the whole 45-card base set, you had to buy a lot of, a lot of packs. Mm-hmm. Whereas you're getting the entire base set now in one deck. You're getting all 15 cards of the base set in one pack. And then you're getting one rare insert as well. 
and the rare inserts are sweet. It's like a they call them the prime cards, and they look similar to the rest of the cards in the in the deck, but they are uh, in like a gold finish. It looks really really cool. Nice. We we opened one to show off uh, for promotional purposes, and it had a Sawyer BN insert in it, and it's like so sick. It looks like something you'd see from a company like Tops or from a company like Upper Deck back in the day, Fleer, all those. Uh, upper echelon trading card companies is the quality that we're seeing here, which is which is super cool. And I'm excited to ship these out starting probably within the next 24 to 48 hours because I want the fans to have these in hand to see how how awesome they are. That's so cool. That's so awesome. I got to get myself a pack. Yeah, they're special, Jack. When I see you next, I'll have to show you them. And um, we did see some community pushback at first on the price point of these cards, like I said, um, because this is a totally different release where you're getting the entire base set in one deck. But Pally Cards addressed that. I think you guys who were um, involved with that discussion um, saw that already, and I think you handled it pretty well. So overall, we're excited for this next release, um, and we're excited for the upcoming release too in the summer. But I really think you guys that are big card collectors and enjoyed last year's set will really like these limited edition cards, and they're super cool. And I think having those present at a tournament or when you meet us to get signed is something that's pretty special. But I really got to build up my arsenal, Jack. I didn't collect many of the last year's set, and it's no joke. I don't have one get- MLW card. I don't well, know. It's no, one. it's no joke, dude. Like I said, Patrick, Patrick Lee is his name, Patley Cards, and he uh, is super serious about this. So, whatever cards are made, like those all go for sale, and that's it. There's no like extra samples that we get. And of these 250 packs, like we didn't get one for ourselves. We could, we could still buy some, of course. And yes, we did buy one to promote, but um, we want to get them out there for the community. We don't want to hoard them. So, right. um, Patley is very big on the community aspect of trading cards, and he's super into the trading card community. Um, for not just MLW, but for all types of different cards, sports cards. So we want all these cards out there in the world. And so they're hard for us to get our hands on. I know like my mom bought some packs last last go around and so did Mr. Schultz. And they were like dishing out players' cards to kids who didn't have their own card yet. You know what I mean? Patrick has big goals um, for his Patley card company that he launched. And right now he's only producing cards for MLW. But in the future, as he expands and continues to make cards, and we'll possibly dabble into some other industries, whether it's sports or elsewhere. Um, I think he could be successful. The, the, the quality is there for sure, and he's a very passionate kid about it. So that's what you need, baby. Passion. You do need the passion. I'm sure Gotta we'll hear from. Uh, I'm sure we'll hear from the CEO of Patley pretty soon here. Maybe we'll get him on pipe it up for um, when the when the uh, the next set releases near opening day. Cool. If you guys haven't yet got a pack and want to check them out, they're available on MLWmerch.com, or also they have them on the Patley site as well. So check them out. And follow Patley on Instagram. It is Patley underscore cards. We're doing a giveaway right now too, guys. Make sure you enter that giveaway on Instagram. It's on the MLW main account. Maybe I'll reshare it tomorrow and pipe it up so you guys are aware. But we're giving away a pack. So enter the giveaway if you want to get your hands on some and don't have them already. Yeah, one more shout out to uh, Patley cards. Awesome stuff. Uh, Hopefully I'm able to get my hands on some somehow. But um, yeah, along the lines of, you know, sports, uh, it's March folks we made it and the madness is starting uh this week i think the first i think the first round starts thursday right tommy well it depends what you consider the first round jack because some people think like tomorrow tuesday i guess today if you're hearing this on the release date but it's like the first four games that's like technically the first round but yes in my opinion thursday is when the big dance really begins I mean, we're big stats guys, and uh, when you just check out the numbies, the the odds of the 16 seed beating a one seed are are very slim. Uh, in fact, it's only happened one time uh, mm-hmm. in the history of the tournament. So yeah, th- those 
those playing games, those first four games can be good games. Um, probably not too big of an impact on the tournament, but our Spartans, our Spartans, they got in there at seven, which was good to see. I feel like I, was, I feel like they were, you know, kind of scratching and clawing all year, being a being sort of a bubble team, and were able to get in there at a seven seed. I think we were a seven seed last year too. Uh, might actually might actually been worse. We might actually been like an eleven seed, which are different but like kind of the same in a way <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean we're just happy to be there right but yeah it's funny you're talking about how like the those first four games don't matter and i kind of agree for the 16 games like yeah i'm probably picking the number one team anyway I definitely am so that doesn't affect me but there is two games that are 11 seeds always and those ones can have an impact if you're looking for an upset to pick but so those, I'll be tuned those in. ones can yeah I'll, I'll be tuned in casually for sure but i'm really not invested until thursday friday saturday sunday for sure but i'm excited um because last year during march madness i was actually in germany jack i don't know if you remember that yes not, i but, do i do remember that so i really couldn't watch much basketball because the six hour time difference so like for example when i remember when michigan state was playing duke it was like two or three in the morning there and I was kind of dozing in and out, and I had to work the next day, so I really didn't watch much at all. And that was the case for the entire tournament, which was a bummer. That was the one bad thing about that trip. I really enjoyed it, but I'm excited to just uh, relax a bit and watch some games. We have a lot of work to do this weekend, unfortunately. Well, fortunately and unfortunately, but I'll, I'll still be tuned in for sure. Yeah. What's uh? Have you filled out a bracket yet? Yes and no. I'm a big... I'm not I, I'm I'm not like a guy who's like stuck in his ways forever and refuses to adapt to new technology and that kind of stuff. But for whatever reason, <laughs> I just had to put that disclaimer out there before I said this because I don't want people like, okay, boomer, you're so old. But I am for a bracket. I'm a pen and paper guy. I like printing off the bracket and writing it down. Do you not yeah, like that? No, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I, there's I nothing just, wrong with that. There, there, I would do reason, that if I had a printer. I just don't have a printer here. Well, so we don't have a printer here either. So I haven't printed one off yet. I might uh. make a special trip to my parents' house after I work out tomorrow to get a bracket because I want some physical brackets in hand. And it's not even so much like the writing it down portion of it that I like. It's because I like to highlight the games that I win as the tournament goes on. And there's just something satisfying about seeing the highlighted bracket or something dissatisfying about seeing the pen through all your picks. And that makes you more hungry for the next year. So that's the one thing I guess I am stuck up in my ways on, but I'm glad you found that funny. <laughs> do you do you watch uh, college basketball throughout the season at all? Because you know, it, in different times in my life, you know, if I asked that question myself, my answer would be different. But this year, I have watched almost zero college basketball. I must say. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you, Jack. I haven't even watched too much of our of our dogs, if you know what I mean. Right. But. Um, as yeah, as a, as a child, as a teenager, yeah. that's all I watched was sports. I don't care what sport it was, but no, I haven't watched a lot. I'll I'll try to use my resources that I have, my basketball buddies, get some insider info, do yeah. maybe ten minutes of research and make my picks. Um, we we are launching an MLW bracket challenge again, like we have in years past, with a little with a little uh, prize attached to it. So nice. I'll have my bracket in there, and you guys can see my picks and probably watch my inevitable demise in the, in the bracket challenge. But um, I'll see what I can do. I seem to always do well in the f- opening weekend, right? This first round of 64 and 32. But then Elite Eight, Sweet 16 games, I can never do. I just fall apart that second weekend. And it's always a heartbreaker. Last year, yeah. I was in Germany feeling good. I'm in, a ter- I'm in a bracket pool with my uncle with 557 entries. And going into the second weekend, I was number one. I was the number one bracket with the highest potential too. And then Gonzaga lost. I don't know yep. why I picked Gonzaga. Never again will I pick them. 
<laughs> yep, they're a they're a three seed, I think, this year. A little sleeper action, maybe, because they don't no, have a spotlight a on them. But don't don't pick them. Uh, maybe pick them. Maybe pick don't pick them. <laughs> they've they've hosed uh, me two years in a row now. Interestingly, I feel like uh, not watching any college basketball might actually help in a way, like in a very backwards way, because it's just such a. It's not like obviously statistically a coin flip, but it's anything can happen in these tournament games. Anything like it happen. literally doesn't even matter. So it's like you almost should just throw like darts at a board to figure out like, you know, how to pick your team to try to, you know, if you're if you're in a some sort of, you know, bracket challenge or pool where there's prize mm-hmm. on the line. Um so I'm kind of excited this year cuz I feel like since I didn't watch it all, I'm kind of just going on like gut feeling when i'm looking at the bracket like not gonna really read too much statistics just gonna kind of you know just go with your gut just go with your gut because it's like <laughs> what what it's not it's impossible anyway so how, i wonder how long like how far into the tournament there's actually been a perfect bracket in existence i wonder if there's even I, been one past the round like there's gotta be one one of these years there's just so many people i know the odds are like one in a trillion or whatever it is yeah but I know there's also over a million brackets made, and I just feel like someone's got to do it because, yes, it is one in a quadrillion or whatever, but, of course, like the 16-1 games, for example, usually go a certain way. Yeah. But all it takes is upsets, and it's just it's so many different games. Like you said, half of them are a coin flip, especially down the stretch, and it's so, so difficult. So um, I know even for our like tiny MLW home run derby bracket, we didn't have any perfect brackets that I saw. So Yeah, seriously. Uh, and that would probably be a lot. You'd think that would be even easier to predict too, because there's a I lot know. less variables. It's just one guy hitting, you know, know. with one bat hitting a ball, <laughs> uh, not not ten guys on the court. Mm-hmm. But um, what's your what's your ideal environment for watching these March Madness tournament games? Well, I've been thinking about that. You know, we got our own space here now, and I'm thinking about how I want to set up this living room to optimize my March Madness experience. Um, like I said, last year I didn't really get any experience at all, so that was a bummer. But this year, we have a TV in our living room that's set up, of course, so we'll have that going. I have a TV in my bedroom, a little smaller, but still a TV. I'm going to bring that out here, get that going. There's two screens. I think I'm also going to bring out my Xbox and a monitor and then get get it going on that as well, so that'll be three screens. And then a fourth one, I guess, will have to be a laptop so we can get all four games going at one. I think there's four networks that cover it. It's like TBS, Mm -hmm. TNT, True TV, and CBS or something like that. So we we should have the ultimate setup. But you got to think about also the other variables in the environment. Who do you want to watch the games with? What kind of food are you going to have? What kind of drinks are you going to have? All these kind of things come into play. So um, we're cutting it kind of close here. I feel like we're only a few days away. Yeah. And we have some stuff to film this weekend too, so... We'll see what happens, but if it comes together like I, it's going to in my head, I'll definitely take some pictures so you guys can see what we're rocking with out here. I actually, um, two years ago, uh, I actually had COVID, and this is when I was at in um, college. I had COVID in March, and what they did at this time with the students that had COVID was they put them all in one. I'm sure other universities did similar things, but yeah. they, they put all the COVID patients in in one dorm dormitory, like one dorm building. Dormitory, and, nice yeah. full word there, Jack. Yeah, thank you. And uh, it was kind of you know obviously like 
quarantined off from everyone. You weren't allowed to leave. Uh, they brought like lunches in and I was actually in there. Luckily, I had one friend of mine that was in the same sort of quarantine room as me. But other than that, it was kind of like kids I just didn't know. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we were, I had to be in there for, you know, a week or whatever. And I was going to be like bored out of my mind. Like it was going to be so boring. And it just so happened that that was like right when March Madness started. And I literally had one of my buddies like take the TV that was out of my, you know, regular room and bring it up to the dormitory and just like leave it at the door. And I like scurried out and grabbed it real quick and brought it up so that I I had stuff to like watch. And it was actually, you know, it was boring because I was in the room, but like I was like locked into that March Madness tournament because it was I had nothing to do. So it was like I watched every game from start to finish because I had absolutely nothing to do. So that was that was actually I actually remember that, you know, that March Madness pretty well. But I remember one too, Jack, my uh, senior year of high school. So the way it works out in Michigan, I don't know about other states, but in Michigan, every year it works out where baseball tryouts for high school happens during this week. I guarantee they're happening right now. I'm not even back home and I know that for sure. And my senior year, so I had already made varsity as a junior, right? And so it was a little bit more casual as a senior. I was not like slacking off or anything in tryouts. And I still, of course, wanted to be there for every single day. But um, by coincidence, I guess you could say it was lucky. I did get really sick. I got a walking pneumonia. I think it's a more mild version of pneumonia. Oof. Let me tell you, I can't imagine how bad pneumonia is because I felt like I was dying. That was yeah, the, not fun. That was the worst I physically felt possibly ever. Anyway, so I soldiered through it like Tuesday and Wednesday, even Thursday, I remember being there. My coach being like, dude, you probably should just like go home. And I was like, ah, I'm like, I don't know. I'm just coughing, blah, blah, blah. And then, yeah, Friday I woke up and I was like, I, I can't. Like, there's no shot I can go to school today and go to tryouts. So I just texted my coach like, I can't make it. Like, there's, And he understood. Like, like I said, he yeah. saw me the day before. But let me tell you, it wasn't the worst possible thing. When I was at <laughs> home all day, then got to watch basketball instead of being at tryouts. Uh, but that was... So that was, uh, I guess, the same thing that you kind of went through where it's like, it could be better, but it could also be a whole lot worse. You know what I mean? Oh, totally, dude. I was like, I first got in there and I was like, man, this is going to really, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. Like, this is going to be a grind. And then it was like, and I was like, all right, we're good. Like, we got this. Like, we can totally do this. You're feeling the sick as a dog. I'm in bed fighting for my life and you're all of a sudden you're like hey let's go yeah she's like woo let's go i totally feel that (laughs) totally feel that for sure i guarantee there's so many people out there who are genuinely not very sick but don't go to school or don't go to work those days because those are oh yeah it's just great you got basketball on all day you get excited about sports it's just it's just great yes yeah i uh i wouldn't give i wouldn't I wouldn't give much up to go back to having COVID in that situation, but it would be nice to have, you know, that time off to just literally sit on the couch and watch basketball. I know it'll never be the same, Jack, as an adult, it'll never be the same. It makes, it makes the games that you can watch and are available for that much sweeter though. It does. It does for sure. And I'm sure Kyle's a bigger sports fan than I am. So I'm sure we'll, we'll make time to watch games this weekend amidst our work. For sure. Um, it's also a double whammy because I think Friday is St. Patrick's Day, right? Yeah, I, I believe so. Friday or Saturday? Yeah. That's a, that's a recipe for, for a good time, it sounds like to me. Oh, yeah. St. Patrick's uh, are, Day. Are you, are you Irish, Jack? 
I am not. I am not Irish. Um, I bought some golf balls over the weekend that were on sale because of the St. Paddy's Day promotion that had little shamrocks on them, but I don't think that counts. Oh, everyone can be an honorary Irishman, I think, for a day, <laughs> a year, right? Yes, I'm not, yeah. No, I'm, I'm not, not Irish. That. Apparently, Coughlin is an Irish last name. My dad is Irish. Really? Hmm. I think so. Yeah, that's what I've been told. Okay. I mean, it could be total baloney, but that's what I've been I've been fed my whole life is that Coughlin is an Irish last name, and it depends on what part of Ireland you're from if you pronounce it Coughlin or Coughlin. That's what I've been told. Somebody fact check hmm. me on that, but that's what I've been told. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because, um, correct me if I'm wrong, Tommy, but I feel like when I very first met you, which I'm not even sure when, I a long always, time ago. I, it was a long time ago, and I always thought that your last name was Coughlin, and I thought that like even teachers and other people called you Coughlin when using your last name, and then at some point in history, it switched to Coughlin. Is that true <laughs> or untrue? That is true for probably many of... Jack, I'm not kidding you. Probably some of my best friends will call me Tommy Coughlin, and I just don't correct people. Because I, well, I don't know. What's the point? It doesn't bother me that much. Yeah. And But um, it always amongst your family since you have since been... Birth. It's since been birth. Since birth, it has been called. Correct. There was okay. never like one day we okay. woke up and were like, kids, listen up. It's not a problem. <laughs> that, that discussion never happened. Um, but yeah, I have friends, good friends, teachers, coaches. My, I was talking about that coach I texted when I was sick that day. I don't think he knew it was pronounced Coughlin until like our senior day in baseball. I was like, I always thought it was Coughlin. <laughs> but he's like, why did you say yeah. anything? I was like, Cause I don't care. Yeah. Um, it's easier for everybody. I feel like, but anyways, yeah, we're Irish. So we do, we do the corned beef and cabbage dinner every year. We actually already did it. We cheated and had it early cause we were all available last Saturday. And let me tell you, it tastes great, but man, the aftermath is never, <laughs> it's never the best. So, uh, do with that what you will. But anyways, yeah, I enjoyed that, that meal with the family and, um, now we just get to enjoy basketball, wear some green on Friday. Jack, I got a funny story I should actually share with you. I was having trouble recollecting the information earlier, but essentially as a young child, I can't remember how old I really was, probably between the ages of five and seven, maybe eight years old. I don't know, Jack. I uh, I remember like putting something under my parents' bed in hopes of like catching a leprechaun mm-hmm. as a kid, Not not making this up. I don't remember exactly what the bait was, to be honest. I don't know if it was like, is it gold? Is that what we use? Like gold yeah. coins? We use jewelry. Yeah. I think it was like jewelry. I think it was like wow. jewelry. You just sparked in a box some memories. With yeah. traps. I, I swear that my sisters and I were trying to, maybe it was just me, were trying to catch a leprechaun. And I'll tell you what, my mom must have really loved me because I, I recall like one morning I like went into that box and there was like a little mini felt leprechaun hat that was left over in the trap but no physical leprechaun so i was fully convinced that we had a leprechaun in the house and i was right on the verge of catching that sucker and that was some of the best entertainment i think i had as a child um i think there was also like a like there was like a picture or something i have to ask my mom what actually happened but i know for sure i had a hat and i was fully convinced and i told everybody that i knew classmates friends family everybody that i had caught a leprechaun hat and i brought the evidence and showed everybody that i was a pretty cool kid that day you know i can't believe you said that because i we were talking about saint patty's day and i couldn't even really remember like ever celebrating it like i said we're not really irish i don't think you really have to be irish to celebrate it um but you saying i was trying to trap a leprechaun just brought back so many memories 
So I'm not I would, the weirdo. I would, no, I did the same thing. <laughs> I would take a bowl. I basically had like a, you know, your very basic trap where it's like the bowl is kind of propped out. up and then there's a bait underneath and it's like when they go in there to get the bait, <laughs> then the bowl, you know, it trips the bowl and the bowl it's falls. Classic. Very classic, classic trap. Very yes. classic. Not a very high uh, rate of effectiveness, but... Um, you know, I think I got close. I think I got close a lot of uh, <laughs> many different times. That, that yeah. elusive leprechaun. Yep. Yep. And I, I you know, I'm not going to, maybe that's what I'm going to do this weekend. Honestly, I'm not going to put it past, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibilities. I may catch a leprechaun this weekend. Jack, let's get together this weekend. I'll tell Kyle, we got to cancel the video, cancel everything. Let's catch a leprechaun. Let's watch some basketball and then. We'll sleep on the couch and hope a leprechaun comes into the living room. Well, no, I, I seriously think that I like wanted to sleep next to my parents' bed so I could catch this leprechaun. Like I was like, Mom, I have to sleep right. Like I, I got to stay up for this thing. I was fully convinced. As a what kid. would you do? If you, you catch a, it, and then now what? I don't think I was even worried about that. It was just like I have to catch it. You know what I mean? I think I, I probably did consider those thoughts. I can't remember them now, as that was approaching twenty years ago, which is wild to say, but. I 100% was dedicated to catching a leprechaun for probably a, a, f- a few year span there. Yeah, I think the idea is that he would hopefully lead you to the his pot of gold, right? Because they, they all have, have to a hold pot him of for gold. ransom. I'd have to hold him yeah. for ransom. Yeah. It's well, like, da- the gold? I mean, obviously, we'd hold him for ransom because we'd, <laughs> we'd have to find the pot of gold. We'd have to find the pot of gold. That's the only um, way. Man, but, what, what a holiday. But yeah, what a so holiday. it's, it's going to be a fun weekend. All you guys out there listening, make sure you. Tune into some basketball, celebrate St. Patrick's Day with some buddies, go out, have a good time. Um, but this has been an episode, Jack. Let me tell yeah, you. Yeah, this has definitely been an episode. An episode. For sure. Yep, an episode. It's been an episode. I think we'll just leave it at that. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in as always. Jack, signing off? Signing off, folks. Uh, I was supposed to be born on Christmas, and we'll catch you next week. <laughs>